0: Welcome to episode 60 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to go back and talk about the story of Martha and Mary and examine this idea of extravagant love, worship, and devotion. Let's dive in. In the last episode, number 59, we looked at the story of Martha and Mary found in Luke chapter 10. And if you remember, Martha was busy serving in the kitchen, and Mary found herself at the feet of Jesus. And again, Martha comes in and says, Hey, Jesus, why don't you tell my sister to come and help me? Help me in my ministry. Help me in this service. And Jesus defends Mary and says that she has chosen the proper place. And we were looking at this idea of distraction versus devotion. That what Martha was doing is she was getting so wrapped up in the serving, getting so wrapped up in her ministry that it actually caused distraction. And yet here is Mary in the proper position according to Jesus at his feet, just yearning and listening and desiring to grow in this, this idea of relationship and, and intimacy with who he is. And the question that we came to last last time was: Are you devoted? Or are you distracted? Now, what's interesting is, as you follow these two sisters throughout the scriptures, you begin to find that there is a a, kind of a common thread that Martha is constantly busying herself and Mary is constantly at the feet of Jesus. In fact, it's very beautiful when you go to uh, John chapter 11 and the whole Lazarus, raising Lazarus from the dead scene. It's interesting that, that when Jesus tarries and he waits the four days and then he shows up in Bethany, that Martha runs out and is just like, oh, I can't believe you you know, you know, missed the opportunity. And wow, why weren't you here sooner? And it's interesting, when Mary shows up, do you know where she's found? It says that she was found at the feet of Jesus. And you can read more about that encounter in John chapter 11, verse 17, down through verse 44. And again, you can find Mary at the feet of Jesus in verse 32. Just an incredible picture, again, of this contrast between Mary and Martha. Now, I want to look at John chapter 12 with you. Now, it's important to see this in light of the context. In chapter 11, Lazarus was just raised from the dead, and we know that this is just several days prior to the crucifixion of Jesus. In fact, verse 1 says it's six days before the Passover that Jesus finds himself in this little town on the backside of the Mount of Olives called Bethany, where Lazarus, Mary, and Martha live. So follow along with me. John chapter 12, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. They prepared a supper for him there, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would later betray him, said, Why wasn't this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now he said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and having the money box, and he used to steal what was put in it. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Just an incredible passage. I just love this story. Again, it's interesting, Martha is busying herself, distracted in the kitchen with all the cooking. And yet, where is Mary found? Again, Mary is found at the feet of Jesus. Oh, that's beautiful. And again, there's an accusation that, that arises from Judas Iscariot. And he says, hey, why, why, Jesus, why are you letting this woman waste all of this ointment, all, all of this precious perfume when we could have sold this thing? And again, I love this idea that Jesus defends Mary. And in verse 7 says, leave her alone, for she has kept this for the day of my burial. Again, he's pointing to the crucifixion and says, do you not realize that here I am? I am being anointed for the sacrifice that I'm about to be. Now, of course, they didn't understand that at the time. But what a phenomenal declaration and what a phenomenal picture pointing to the cross. Now again, just some things to note here, which I just think is really rich in terms of this whole story. It says in verse 3 that Mary took this pound of very costly ointment made from spikenard. spikenard is a very precious, uh, very rare plant. In fact, it's used it was used in antiquity for a whole variety of, of things including you know sickness and ailments and problems and I mean it's just kind of like the miracle uh, perfume or the miracle oil, if you will. Now, what's also interesting is the fact that here's Mary. She has a pound of this spikenard oil. And a lot of times this was used for wedding ceremonies. In other words, when a woman was about to be married, you know, she would go through her, her ritual of, you know, taking baths and slathering this spikenard oil all over her. And then, you know, you know doing her hair and putting more spikenard on. And, and it literally created this beautiful perfume and this richness, this fragrance that she would really enter into her wedding. And it says in in the passage that this oil that Mary had was worth a year's wages, that it was a very costly ointment. In fact, Judas says it could have been sold for 300 denarii, which was the equivalent of 300 days worth of of wages. Now, to say 300 denarii, that may not impress you at all. But let me kind of put it in, in our context. They say that the average American makes somewhere between forty dollars and $50,000 a year. That's the average income in America. Now, I don't know who's making this money, but somebody out there, the average is between forty dollars and $50,000. Now, what's interesting about that is, think, think about this. Mary had a jar of perfume worth forty dollars to $50,000. Not about you, but I, I don't spend that much money when I'm buying some cologne. You know, I mean, you know, what do I spend? I might spend, you know, $10 down at Walmart. You know, if you want to go really rich, you might be able to spend $100 or $200 on a bottle of perfume. But Mary had a bottle worth forty to $50,000. That is insane. Now, it says in verse 4 that Judas Iscariot confronts this whole scene and says, Hey, why why don't we just sell this thing and then we can give the money to the poor? Now, John clarifies in verse 6 that Judas did not care at all about the poor. In fact, he was the treasurer and he would just he was a thief, so he would take money out of the out of the money bag. But what's interesting is that when I when I read this passage, Judas's response is probably the same thing I would do. See, I would look at this scene, and here's Mary. She comes in, she takes her oil and she just like breaks it upon the feet of Jesus and anoints the feet of Jesus. And if I was one of the disciples sitting there, I would have looked at it and just said, Whoa, what are you doing? Are are you not crazy? Why why don't you just take a pinch, you know, put that on the feet of Jesus. I mean, that's probably a couple hundred dollars, you know. I mean, just take, you know, take a big pinch, maybe a thousand dollars. Hey, that, hey, that would anoint his feet. His feet will be just fine. Why do you have to dump the entire thing on the feet of Jesus? And their reasoning is, I love this. It's extravagant. That God demands everything. Well, let me give you a quick illustration that may help put this into some perspective. Now, right out of high school, I, did, I started doing some substitute teaching, and I happened to be substituting this particular ninth grade class several times over the course of a year. And it was interesting, midwinter came along, and, and there was one particular student who, it didn't matter what time of the year it was, he was bronze. I mean, he, he wasn't just tan. He was like Bronze which, you know, being in a place where it gets really cold in the wintertime and most people stay indoors, people are not tan in the wintertime. So it was a little odd. And one day his friends pulled me over and said, hey, guess how much he spends a year on tanning. Now, if you don't know me, I, I do not tan. <laughs> I burn. And I, I just become like a lobster. I turn red. So I, I, I've never been into a tanning salon. I don't know how much the things cost. I have no grid at all for tanning. So I looked at I looked at him and his buddies and I said I have no idea how much how much do you spend a year on tanning? And he smiled and he explained, "Well, there's this really nice tanning place over here and it's kind of in the upper part of town or in the nicer part of town and you know, and I have an unlimited membership, so I can go as many times a day or a month that I want to go to." So between that and all the tanning oils and all that kind of stuff, he says I spend every year $10,000. On tanning, ten thousand dollars. Can you believe that? On tanning, that is ridiculous. And as I was picking my jaw up the, off the ground, he says, "Well, guess how much my mom spends." And my eyes grow big, and I go, oh, "Well, uh, well, how much does your mom spend on tanning?" He says, "Well, my mom spends fifteen thousand dollars a year on tanning." Can you imagine? There is one family who just between two individuals is spending $25,000 a year on tanning. That was more than my year's salary at the time. And I was just like, wow, can you believe this? I mean, all I could imagine is, you know, uh, the financial stuff was starting to creep in and, you know, hardship in the economy. And the father has to sit the family down and says, all right, uh, we have to make some tough decisions here. Uh, what do you want to give up? Would you like to give up food or tanning? (laughs) And I'm sure that was a hard decision for them. But can can you imagine $25,000 a year on tanning? It's just frivolous. It's just, it's just insane to me. Why would you spend $25,000 a year on cancer? That makes no sense in my grid whatsoever. And just as that is mind boggling to me, you recognize the, the very act that Mary did must have been mind-boggling, mind-boggling for the disciples. Here's Mary, and she takes this pound of spikenard oil that costs forty to $50,000. She comes into the room where the disciples and Jesus are at, and she falls at his feet, and she breaks open the jar of perfume, and she just lavishly, extravagantly anoints and bathes the feet of Jesus in the perfume. If that's not <laughs> just amazing enough, it says in verse 3 that Mary took the pound of spikenard oil and anointed the feet of Jesus. But what's interesting is that when you look at it in the Greek, there's a word that is not translated in the English. It's the it's really the word for faith. That Mary took this spikenard, and the emphasis in the Greek then would be that, that the spikenard, get this, was the object of her faith. In other words, that's what she put her trust in. That that was her reliance. That was her emergency fund. That was, hey, that's what she could always turn back upon. So think about this. In, in John chapter 11, Lazarus dies. He was probably the, the sole support for the family. And, and hey, what are we going to do? And what happens if the ox cart breaks down? And and, and how are we going to manage the crisis? And how are we going to make it through the year? And how are we going to feed? You know, how are we going to feed ourselves? And, and Mary said, well, worse comes to worse. You know, I've been saving up this jar of spikenard oil and worse comes to worse. Hey, we can sell this thing. We can have forty to $50,000 and hey, we might be able to, you know, make it through for a while. That what Mary was putting her confidence in, what she put her trust and reliance in, see what she could turn to on a bad day, see her, her rainy day fund who was, hey, this spikenard oil, it's that what she put her faith in. So not only was Mary just anointing the feet of Jesus, which that in itself is beautiful, but you realize the declaration here is that here is a woman who is so madly in love with Jesus and she's, she's been so radically transformed by the power of Jesus that she's been sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening and, and yearning for the, re, for the reality of what he's talking about, that she takes her most prized possession it, the very thing that she has put her faith and her confidence in year after year, the very thing that she's always turned to in the middle of crisis. And she said, Jesus, no longer am I going to turn to my spikenard oil. I am only and solely going to turn to you that, that Jesus, that I'm going to break the most prized possession. The very thing that I put my confidence in my faith and up to this point, and I'm going to break it upon your feet. And from this point forward, I'm going to have my confidence in you. You are going to be whom I put my trust and my faith in. Hey, when I'm in the middle of a crisis, you are going to be it. That that I cannot turn to this thing on the outside. The only hope that I have is going to be you. Wow. Have you done that? See, what is it that you turn to? See, what is it that you put your confidence and your faith in? And sure, you may say, well, Jesus is my confidence. But think about it. Hey, when you have a crisis, when you have an issue, hey, when you have a situation, what is it that you turn to? Well, do you turn to your education? Do you turn to your family? Do you do you turn to your your pocket or your checkbook? Do you do you turn to your your wisdom? Do you turn to your talent? Do you turn to what is it that you turn to when you need help? And wouldn't it be interesting like Mary if we could take all of that that which we put our confidence, our trust and our faith in and we would just lavishly, extravagantly break it upon the feet of Jesus. Now, is it wrong to have an emergency fund? No, that's probably wise. Hey, is it wrong to have a family? No, that's great. Hey, is it wrong to have education? No, be educated. But you realize that we cannot put our trust and our faith in those things, that our trust and our faith must solely be upon Jesus Christ, that he and he alone is the source of life. Could I encourage you, whatever it is that you've been turning to, would you take it and just lavishly break it upon the feet of Jesus? Hey, would you just lay it before him and say, Jesus, you can use this. You cannot use this. But hey, in the middle of crisis, in the middle of a situation, I am not going to turn to anything outside of you, that you are going to be my first turn that you are whom I'm going to delight in and put my trust and faith in. Now, at the very end of verse 3, it says that when Mary had broken open the spikenard oil, the thing that she put her faith in, that it filled the house with the fragrance of the oil. Wow. Do you realize that when your life is laid broken out upon the feet of Jesus, that that which you put your faith and your confidence in is like broken before him, do you realize that your life is going to be a fragrance that's really going to fill up the place where you are at? I love how Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through the end of the chapter. Paul says it this way, Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ and through us reveals the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God a sweet fragrance of Christ among those who are saved and among those who perish. To one, we are the fragrance of death, which brings death, and to the other, the fragrance of life, which brings life. Who is sufficient for these things? Paul says, Do you know what you are? You are a diffuser of the fragrance of God. Do you know what a diffuser is? My. Uh, My aunt does the oil thing and several years ago, she bought me a diffuser. It's those things you put water in, you put a few drops of oil and it uh, spits at you. (laughs) You turn it on and just kind of spits at you. And I I love my diffuser. I use it every single day and I put some oil in it, put some water in it and just and it just fills the entire house with a fragrance. It just, wow, there's a, there's a fragrance. And Paul says, do you know what you are? You are the fragrance of God to your world. That, hey, when your life is broken at the feet of Jesus, that there's this fragrance that comes forth and the world goes, whoa, what is that stench? But to those who believe, those who are saved, they go, wow, what a fragrance. It smells like Jesus. And you realize that you are called to be a diffuser of the life of Christ to your world. That everywhere you go, that what God wants to do through your life is psh, 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 psh. And just literally diffuse his life, his fragrance, his truth, his, his very life through you to everywhere around you. See what would happen if every place you walked into, somehow you just began to diffuse the life and the fragrance of Christ that people couldn't bump into you without going, whoa, what is that smell? Smells like Jesus. See, wouldn't that be amazing? And you realize the only way that's going to take place, the only chance that you and I ever will have of diffusing the fragrance of Jesus is when our lives are really broken upon the feet of Jesus. See, when we take our confidence and what we put our trust and our faith in and that is really, really broken before the feet of Jesus, then and only then will the fragrance come forth. See, what would happen if you and I would literally throw our entire life upon the feet of Jesus? See, what if you and I would just Say, Jesus, I don't want to live my life for you. I want you to live your life through me. And somehow in the whole midst of this thing, that may my life be the fragrance of Christ to the world. And I love this. The moment that Mary broke her spikenard oil upon the feet of Jesus, it filled the entire house. But get this, this is so beautiful to me. You realize that Jesus was covered in the spikenard oil, that she was anointing the feet of Jesus. But as she anointed the feet of Jesus with a spikenard, with this beautiful fragrance, she herself smelled identical to Jesus. I want that with Jesus, don't you? Don't you want to get so wrapped up with Jesus? Don't you want to get so tight with Jesus? Don't you just want to throw everything at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I I want you and your life to be seen through me that I don't want this to be about me and my my prestige or my my intellect or my education or my family or my spikenard. God, I want this to be about you, and I want you to be my very first turn in the midst of difficulty. In fact, can I get so tight with you, Jesus, that the the, the extravagant worship, love, devotion, and sacrifice? of of pouring out the spikenard upon the feet of Jesus. Somehow that smell, which is now on the, on the life of Jesus becomes the identical smell on my life. And Lord, would you use my life like a diffuser in this world and just everywhere I go that the world might know that you are God. Wow. I am longing for that. And I'm longing for that in your life as well. Again, don't hold anything back from Jesus. Can I encourage you, take everything in your life and just lay it before the Lord. Hey, would you take that? Would you put your confidence and your trust in, your faith, the thing that you've held to so tightly, and would you lay that before Jesus and let Jesus be the most important thing in your life? Would you build your life around Jesus? May he be the centerpiece. May he be the North Star, which which you you come in alignment to? Hey, would you allow the reality of the life of Christ to be your all? And would you surrender everything unto him? Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. If you'd like to view the show notes for this episode, you can do so at deeperchristian.com forward slash 60 for episode number 60. And until next time, know I am churn you on as you lay all before the feet of Jesus and as you build your life around him.